You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast. I have Nicola Beer. Uh, she's a world-leading authority on how to save your marriage and maintain a close and fulfilling relationship. She's an international best-selling author of four books. She's been featured on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News Network, Huffington Post, and Wall Street Select. And she's the founder of the award-winning Empowered Love Program, an affair recovery program, and a marriage makeover online uh, that's an audio program. For individuals or couples. So, uh, Nicole, it's great to have you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm wonderful. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. Yeah, no problem. So, how did you get into the whole uh, save your marriage arena? Hopefully, it wasn't from a, a bad experience yourself. Well, actually, I started wanting to help people to get through divorce because my parents really suffered with divorce, and me and my siblings did. Not necessarily because of the divorce, it was more the way that they fell out, they argued, we were brought into it as children. So it was actually quite painful growing up. And so I decided that I wanted to really help couples through divorce, children through divorce. So I, I did all of my qualifications in grief and loss and supporting people through divorce. And then I kept meeting couples that were saying to me that they didn't actually want to be getting divorced, but that they were talking through their problems and that they couldn't find a way forward or they'd gone to marriage counselling, traditional marriage counselling, where they just asked them to repeat all of their problems, drag everything up, and they were going round and round in circles and it made things worse. And the more times I kept meeting couples of saying that the marriage counselling had made it worse, I thought, okay, this is what I need to be doing. Rather than helping people through a divorce, only I really need to look at and focus more on helping couples to stop divorce or individuals that want to single-handedly save their marriage give them the tools and the skills to to do that so that actually then became my focus so in a way I kind of fell into it and I've really really enjoy working in this area now it's something which I, I really love helping in it's something I feel is so needed so what's a, what's a typical situation? Who comes to you, the man or the woman? Is it both? And like, what's, what are typical backstories? Yeah, so it's, it's completely mixed, actually. But there tends to be trends in, in one way. So when the women come to me, normally they want to save the relationship and they want their husband also to join the program. And we go through my online couples program, which has three main areas, focusing on the actions, that create that love and connection, actions that move a couple forward, clearing the negativity and resentment, and great communication. 
So I tend to go through steps as a couple when most of the women contact me. Mm. Men tend to contact me when their wife has said, I want a separation or move out, I want a divorce. And then this is when the men have this massive wake-up call and they say, Nicola, you have to help me save my marriage. My wife has been saying for me to change for a long time. I've just been ignoring it. And now I'm trying to do everything I can to try and save it. And sometimes then they go into sort of a desperate mode. They become too needy. They say things that cause more fallout and make their wife go even further away from them. So I tend to work with the men online more, how to save their relationship, how to start taking the right actions, how not to push them even further away, if that makes sense. Well, actually, I'm sure it doesn't make sense to the men that are unintentionally doing it when they want to get back together. So let's delve into Mm. that. But, you know, starting from the male perspective, what happens when, you know, so the, the wife says, I don't want to be with you. I want a divorce, whatever it is. Yeah. Like what, what do the men, how do the men react? Like you, you said, do they get needy or do they try to like overwhelm the wife with love and attention all of a sudden and it pushes them away or like what happens? Yeah, like the, the, the kind of biggest mistakes that they make and women do this as well. So it's not always men. Sometimes it's, it's, it's the, exactly the same the other way around. But it's, it's like trying to guilt them into staying like think of the children how could you give up how could you break your marriage vows and trying when you try to guilt someone into staying with you that's not good energy for the relationship and it's not going to make them be more attracted to you then sometimes there's like you say smothering that over communication being available all the time saying that you can't live without them that you're nothing without them sometimes this can be too much love letters that really attack themselves and so this isn't all good energy to creating that attractiveness because really the energy to save a relationship is to have a lot of positivity to show them i'm going to have a great life and i would love you to still be with me and have that great life and i'm going to do everything i can to make you happy if you allow me to show you this is the the key things that they should be focusing on as well as trying to get their husband or wife if you find yourself in that position into giving you a bit more time to show that the changes that you're making are consistent and to show them that you've really listened to what they've been saying over the years by taking action that they they've really been asking if that makes sense yeah no it makes sense do you do you find that um the reason for the strife is similar from the man's point of view versus the woman's point of view, you know, depending on which one wants the uh, the separation or which one doesn't want the separation. Yeah, I think it's always difficult for the person who hasn't, doesn't see it coming. They may realize that, okay, the communication isn't as great as it was. Perhaps the, the sex life wasn't as great as it was. But one person normally has been thinking about it for a really, really long time. So when they make that decision... They've already gone through the stress, the grieving process, the loss of the relationship. And for the person, whether it's the husband or the wife, this can actually come as a huge shock. Mm. And this this can be overwhelming for somebody and a lot more difficult to deal with in that moment because they just didn't see it coming. They knew things maybe weren't great, but they didn't ever expect their husband or wife to say, I love you, but I'm not in love with you or I want to separation i want a divorce and so it can be really difficult yeah what are, what are some of the common reasons why couples want to separate so the most common 
that I see is affairs. So someone having a physical affair, emotional affair, a cyber affair, that's like the most common. The second is addiction. So somebody addicted to something when putting the addiction before the relationship, for obvious reasons, that's going to cause a lot of fallout. And then procrastination in a couple has a, a massive impact. So this is where one person feels like I'm doing everything for the relationship. This person is organized. They tend to have taken on more and more responsibility for the activities, for organization. And the other person is more laid back in their life. And they don't do the things that they said they're going to do. And over time, one person just says, right, that's it. I've tried and you're not helping me. I may as well be on my own. And then they, they, they want to separate. So that's another big reason. And then sometimes angry outbursts. So people who, unfortunately, their anger is getting worse and worse because they're not clearing their resentment. They're not clearing their negative thoughts. And sometimes they, they do things like bash a wall or kick a door. And the person obviously gets scared, scared for themselves, scared for their children. And they don't find this anger attractive and they they want to leave is there um i don't know what what other commonalities do you see do you see like relationships after the two-year mark it's a watershed moment or you know are there watershed moments in relationships like two five ten twenty years or is it all over the place really it's all over the place however the first two years of children it's a very high time for marriage problems because the couple obviously with children like like as, you, as you're an expert in sleep, the lack of sleep takes a massive toll on the relationship, the new financial pressures, the new responsibilities, adjusting to the different roles. Because you know, if we think about it, the main reason that people get divorced is misaligned expectations. And so often when couples have children, one person can, can think, okay, as a father, you should be acting like this, you should be doing this. As a mother, you should be acting like this. You should be doing this. And these expectations often aren't communicated at all. They're just expected that the other person should know what you think a mother or a father should do. So this is another reason why that is particularly difficult. And then also times when couples go through financial struggles. If a man or wife goes through unemployment, naturally the person that is unemployed has their own depression around it, however mild or strong that might be. This can impact the relationship. And if this unemployment or financial stress continues for a long time, it can really take a toll on the, the relationship as well. Yeah, it makes sense. So um, when someone comes to you, do you have immediate remedial steps they can take or you know, how fast do you need to spring into action and what do you typically do? Sure, absolutely. So I definitely recommend taking action as soon as you can. And the key thing is to not get stuck and go over the problems again and again, because it's proven that that just doesn't work. And this is where couples get stuck. So you want to ask yourself before you sit down and talk to your partner, okay, what am I unhappy about? And what changes can we make, they make, I make to make things better? When I work with couples or in my audio programs, I literally say to them, like, focus on what you need to be happy. 
and I cover a list of 20 needs that people can go through and choose their top seven of what they need to be happy. And then the couple need to put that into action. So it could be, okay, I need attention and being you to be present. So let's have some rules around how much we're on our phones. Let's turn the TV off and actually have dinner at the table and connect with one another. We need more affection. Okay, there's no time for us. How can we create more time? So all of these kind of different things that we need, making sure that they're happening on a daily and weekly basis. That's really the first step because that really builds the connection. The second is clearing negativity and resentment because if we are still holding on to the past, like you did this on my birthday two years ago, or you said this horrible thing to my family, then if we're holding on to that, it doesn't matter how many loving date nights we go on, it's still going to affect us. And the thing about resentment is you don't even need to say anything to anybody. They can feel it in your energy. They can see it on your face. It creates that tension in the house. So clearing resentment is essential and clearing resentment is an individual thing. So I take people through how to look at what they're carrying from the past, how to just laugh at some of it and just say, okay, let that go. And then there's things that you can't let go because maybe they're happening again and again. Then this is again where you need to look at, okay, what is the behavior that I need to change? My behavior, their behavior, our behavior. So I can just finally let this thing go, be free and, and enjoy the present moment. And then the last thing I cover which is essential, is great communication skills when things aren't going well. Because we can all communicate easily when we're happy, when we're in love, when things are going the way that we want them to go. But when we feel angry, hurt, stressed, it can come out wrong. The other person may see it as an attack, then they attack us. And it just snowballs into a communication disaster where couples don't move forward, they just stay in the bickering phase do uh i don't know i don't know how you deal with this but do couples try to use you as a pawn you know to say tell tell them this or tell her that or you know you're you're on my side or you're on this person's side like how do you it seems like it'd be difficult for you like how do you not get embroiled in all this drama sure so first of all i always work with couples individually first and then together and i make very clear that I would never, ever tell them, you need to stay together, you need to get divorced. Who am I to make a judgment on someone's life? And it's a life-changing decision, whether you stay together or whether you end a relationship. Secondly, I say to them that I'm not there to play judge or jury. I'm here to help them express themselves more clearly, to look at their actions and solutions to changing behavior so that it actually makes a lasting difference. Hmm, okay. Well, what happens if uh, one of the people has gotten a lawyer or a solicitor or an attorney? Is it, does that kind of uh, kill your ability to help them? Or is that rare that uh, you get people with one partner is at that point? No, actually, I would say it's quite common to have one of the partners at that point, that point. Because often for one person, they've been thinking about how unhappy they've been for a long time. Sometimes they've kept that hidden. Sometimes they've shared that with their partner. And it's natural for them to calm their anxiety about what might happen in the future by going and seeing a lawyer, by finding out their rights, by understanding what might happen. So actually, that, that's, that's quite common. And 
that doesn't really make a difference. What really makes a difference is if someone's not even willing to to try. And sure. often when, when couples come to me, it's saying, okay, you don't have to commit to trying yet, but let's look at some of the actions that can create that difference. Let's look at what your husband or wife needs to be happy. Let's look at what you need to be happy. And then coming together and assessing, can you give each other what each of you need to be happy? And if you can't, then one of you or both of you is not going to be happy. And then that's up to you. Yeah. Um, do the, uh, if someone has an attorney, do they get in the way of communication or, you know, is it, is the couple still pretty free to communicate? Like, how do you, uh, does it create an additional barrier? Like, what do you do with that? Well, it depends on how far and along down the process they are and what kind of communication, obviously, they're having with their attorney. If they've just done their research as into what might happen, then that's okay. If they've decided that they want to make the marriage work, then, of course, you would hope that they would take a pause on any legal proceedings. It's very difficult to work on a relationship, to put in that commitment, that energy, if one person is still going through the whole action towards a divorce at the same time as doing the couple's work. Just when sometimes couples will say to me, can you help our relationship? There's been an affair. If that affair partner is still in the picture, then again, it's very difficult because you ideally want both people in the marriage to be committed to doing right. the steps or seeing if the steps can work. And with someone else in the background, that's diluting it, that's taking the distraction and the focus away from the marriage. What about if there's uh, children involved? Uh, you know, of an age where they can understand, you know, maybe, I don't know, four and up or six and up or eight, 10, 12, like you have the children come into sessions or no, or how does that work? I sometimes work with children. Yes, absolutely. Over the age of eight. And really it's just to support the child to understand and, and to speak to them about what they have been hearing, how they're feeling, Ideally, I recommend to couples to keep children out of it as much as possible because we learn everything about relationships from our parents. Mm. That's the first education we get about what relationships look like. So the less they know about the details, the better. Really? Okay. I mean, what if the environment at home is like super tense, you know, and the kids are, you know, know, 8, 10, 12 years old? I mean, they sense it. Obviously, they're people. But... What do you tell them? What do you not tell them? How do you, uh, I would think they would live in fear of what's going to happen. You know, they don't know if their parents are going to stay together. So it seems like they would have to be informed somehow. Yes, absolutely. If, if they are informed, hopefully the parents will be having their discussions and any arguments privately outside of the house or making sure that the children aren't around. In the cases where the children are listening or are aware then absolutely. And the first thing you would need to do for your children is to have a conversation with them and to calm their anxieties. So maybe in that case, if they have found out that you've been talking about divorce or if they have heard you argue time and time again, to sit them down and say to them, look, we're trying to work things out just because we're falling out and because we may not be in love with each other, that doesn't change our love for you. Rest assured that 
you're going to stay in this house or whatever that you can assure them that you're going to stay in this city or going to stay to the, to the same school, that we're trying our best, that we love you. If you have any concerns, please come and mm -hmm. talk to us. Would you like to see a counsellor at school if you're finding it difficult? These are the kind of things that would need to be said because children are naturally more anxious anyway. And yeah. if there are things happening and no one's communicating with them, of course, their anxiety is going to get a lot worse. Hmm. And how long, uh, I know it depends on the couple, but how long on average does it take to see if whether there'll be a resolution or not? Well, change can happen quite quickly if both people are willing to put in the action. If you're sitting and not doing any loving actions and you're just waiting for your feelings to change, not a lot changes. And this is where individuals get stuck. They think, well, I'm not sure if I want to do any of the actions or I'm not sure if I want to be in the relationship or not. And then they just wait for their feelings to change. They overanalyze. And this can take forever. If you're just not actually doing anything, you're stuck with your thoughts going round and round and round. If you do some of the loving actions, like go out on nice date nights, make more time for each other, communicate better, all of these different kind of things, and it's still not having an impact, and you've given it a real strong go for, let's say, six months or 12 months, then you may want to look at, okay, why isn't it working? And, okay. and then take it from there. So in addition to seeing you, are there, uh, it sounds like you've created a bunch of resources for people. So what are they? Sure, absolutely. So the first resource that a lot of people find me on is my Save Your Marriage podcast, available on iTunes and Spotify and all the other podcast platforms. So there I have 150 episodes on all different topics in strengthening a relationship and how to cut, overcome marriage problems. Oh. And then on my website, I have three audio programs for couples and these or individuals as well. So this is, I have an affair recovery program. I have a couples program, which is called the Empowered Love Formula and Marriage Makeover, both that have 21 different audio lessons on how to communicate more effectively, revive intimacy, let go of that negativity and resentment that I mentioned, and the actions to create more closeness. So those are sort of the resources that I have. And then obviously there, there's working with me one-to-one, -one, either one person in the relationship or a couple. Right. And what's the best way to get in touch with the podcast? It's called the Save Your Marriage Podcast, and it's everywhere podcasts are available, right? Yeah, Save Your Marriage with Nicola Beer. And then my okay. website as well, nicolabeer.com, has all the free resources there. I have a, a free ebook. Seven Secrets to Saving Your Marriage. And once you download that, you'll get a forgive and let go meditation, which can be really powerful if you're feeling stressed about things that have happened in the past. And you also get email support from me. So that's a really great option. And you can get that on nicolabeer.com. Excellent. Okay. And all your resources are there. Well, Nicola, <clears throat> I don't know how you do it. I don't know if I'd want to do that. But uh, thank God there's people like you that do do this. So uh, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play 
right now and the companies that are using these technologies for the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you.